Well, it's good to see everybody today. We, uh, our family was gone last weekend. We had a funeral. My grandpa, who was 100 years old, finally passed away. So we went down Friday, loaded up the, the van, left early, hit the rattle strip a couple times on the way down there, but we kept going and got down there safely. And um, got to be a part of that. What a blessing just to, we kind of forget how many Millers are down there because most of my dad's family is, on, is still down there in Central California. And um, just had a neat time. You know, 100 years is a, is a long time to live. And um, I just kind of been thinking about that this week and reflecting upon the weekend, reflecting upon some scripture. I'm going to share here a little bit this morning. Um, you know, I did a, I was on the way down there, I kind of thought, you know, 100 years, I wonder how many heartbeats that is. You know, we, no way you can figure out how many heartbeats that would be, but let's just grab an average heartbeat, let's say, because you know when a child is, you know, what's their heartbeat, 90 to 100, it's really high. And then, of course, <clears throat> a, a healthy adult heartbeats, probably a male could be 50 to 60, somewhere in there. So let's say 65 was his average heartbeat, and you do that times, you know, 60, 65 heartbeats in a minute times 60 minutes in an hour times 24 hours in a day times 365 days times 100 years. And you get like 3.4 billion heartbeats. It's, it's kind of like, and if I did my math right, which I did it multiple times on my phone, so some of you might be doing it right now, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a lot. You think about 3.4 billion, now that's, that's well over the average lifespan at 100, I think he was 100 years Five months and 20 days, somebody said. Um, but, you know, it just got me thinking a little bit about life. And, of course, being at a funeral, it's, it's kind of an opportunistic time where funerals really are a blessing. They can be real tragic events, but in this case, it really wasn't. I mean, it was, it was his time. He was going home, right? He had, he had fought his race, or he had fought his fight, won his race, and he was... He, he was winning the prize, right? He had moved on. And so it was not a sad thing. It was actually a, a time more of celebration. Um, but not all of us have that guarantee and assurance of 100 years, do we? If I asked all of us today, how long do you think you're going to live? How long do you, you know, who, who thinks they're going to live another week? I think most of us think we'd live another week, right? Who of us thinks you're going to live another year, 10 years, 20 years, I think naturally, I think, oh man, I hope to live to a ripe old age, which I think we all do. But in the, in the meantime, I've uh, I kind of been in the book of, I guess you, you call it the book of John or do you call it John's epistles? There's first, second, and third John. They're really short, um, but man, they, they're, they're powerful. And that's kind of where I've been reading. I read through those, got into Revelation for a couple chapters. And I thought, nah, jump over to Proverbs for a day or two. And then, no, nah, I'm going back to John. There's Something about abiding, right? Abiding in him. And so we don't know, we don't know the length of our life. We don't know how many days we have, how many years. Um, but the reality is, is that's not a scary thing, right? We can have an assurance in, in our salvation. Um, and as Paul preached last week on salvation, that was a powerful message. I listened to it. Um, I guess that's kind of the vein I'm in just a little bit, and I kind of wanted to just continue in that. But I want to go through some scriptures. Let's look at 1 John real quick. Uh, 1 John, um, 
And I guess you could call these maybe kind of assurances of salvation and, and, and really how we should live because we don't know the length of our life. We don't know when the Lord will call us home. Um, so 1 first, uh, first John chapter 2 verse, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting all. Chapter 2 verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So that's one of the first assurances that we have. How do I know I'm really truly saved or truly in Christ, right? How do I have that assurance? And one of the main ways is that we're following his word, that we are in his word and that we are doing what his word says, right? So if you say that you abide in him, in Jesus Christ, we ought to also walk as he walked. So Jesus led the example for us, did he not? He paved the way. He gave us the example. I want to jump over to 1 John 5, verse 3. You know, um, and I, I remember Paul was talking about this last Sunday in his message about salvation, one, one scripture that popped to mind when he was preaching was uh, chapter 5, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. So often we think Christianity is this heavy, oh man, these do's and these don'ts. Man, if that's where you're at, we're all probably there at some point, right? We, we all, we want to just kind of read the manual and just see what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. And in reality, we're supposed to live by the Spirit. But His commandments are not burdensome. Coming to salvation is not burdensome, right? God is not giving this, this huge load of do's and don'ts that we have to do. Now, does that mean it's always easy? No, it's actually, the Christian life is probably relatively hard in some ways, is it not? It's actually easy to not be a Christian in the sense that you just do what feels good. You just do what comes natural, right? Our, 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 our human sin nature will kick in and it's easy to live not as a Christian. We've all heard politicians and famous celebrities, you know, talk down about Christians um, in the past. Then they say, well, you know, Christianity is a crutch for the weak. Well, I don't know. Why don't you go walk with a true Christian for a week or two and ride along with them and watch their lives and you'll find out it's not easy. And how they respond to situations is not how the world responds to situations. There's a, there's a natural um, dying to self that, that occurs. His commandments are not burdensome. We're going to hurry up here. Um, we'll look at verse 4. Um, For whoever is born, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is our victory. I'm sorry. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, and that is our faith. So the first point in abiding in Christ is that we keep his word. The second one is that we walk in faith, and that that we walk in victory. There is a level of victory that we are called to walk in as Christians. Does that mean it's... Are you, am I referring to success? Am I referring to... No, I'm referring to victory. I'm referring to personal walking in truth, right? We're not talking about externals. We're talking about your character. We're talking about um, overcoming, overcoming sin, overcoming addictions, overcoming things that plague humanity, right? 
chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jumping to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7, we don't have to go there, but talks about making the law the apple of your eye. Literally loving God's word so much that that is the apple of your eye. That is the passion. Abiding in him. We keep his word. We're walking in victory. Our faith is allowing us to walk in victory. The third point I'll end on is we have a love for the truth and we allow the truth to change us. And that is, like I just mentioned, what, what has your eye, right? Proverbs says that the law, God's word, is supposed to be that thing in our life that, that really catches our, catches our eye, really has our, our affection and our love. Does that mean we don't have affections and love for other things? No, we do. We have interest, we have family, we have our spouses, we have our children, things that we love dearly. But what is the thing that we love the most? What, what captures our heart? And I know, you know we're all in varying stages of our walks, um, but God's will and desire is that we all, we desire him first and foremost. And really, I, don't, I think that's the only way that we can truly abide in him. The only way that we can truly abide and have victory in him is that he, that he has the preeminence, that Jesus Christ is first and foremost. So I, I'm, I've got a few other notes, but I'm gonna end there. Um, I, like I said, that was just kind of on my mind, thinking about this last weekend, um, getting to witness my grandfather's funeral. Um, you know, a, an individual, a man that was, lived a godly life, uh, was a great grandfather, um, but he made some pretty big blunders in his life too, and he was broken. But to see that, and then to see all of us be able to participate, actually I think there was I counted them up like four times before I got here, but I don't know. There's like 10 or 12 of us grandsons, 10 or 11, of the grandsons that actually ran the service on um, both at the church and at the gravesite between being pallbearers and then um, I've got a couple cousins that are ministers down there. And it was just, it was awesome. But you know, that's really the goal is that we all could finish well. It's not so much about... Um, it's not so much about the challenges and the trials that we have now. It's, is, it is, are we abiding? Are we overcoming every single day? And some days it feels like you're taking two steps back, but you get up and keep going forward and uh, press on that Jesus Christ could be glorified. So worship team, why don't you come up? Why don't we go ahead and stand and we'll pray and uh, we'll get started with worship. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to worship you. Lord, you are good. You are a good father to us. We thank you for the week that we've had. We thank you for the challenges we've had. Lord, we thank you for the answered prayers. We thank you for the, the things that are good and blessings and even the challenges that we've had, Lord, because we know that you are sovereign. You know that you are working. And we praise you for that, Lord. And right now, we want to worship you. We want to honor you um, with, with song and with worship and um, ask that you would be in this service and bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> I am glad to be here this morning. I uh, was preparing for Galatians chapter 4 this week, actually most of the week, 
and it just was not coming together for some reason. And so I changed gears about Friday, and I don't like to do that very often, but God is good, and I just want to, I just want to give God all the glory and all the honor for what he does in our lives. And I am going to share about my experience that I had a couple weeks ago. And if you don't know what happened, we were at retreat two weeks ago, and we got home. And you know, retreat, you come home, and you're kind of tired, but it's about four or five o'clock, and you can't really go to bed because it's a little early. And so we thought we had a bunch of chicken that we needed to can. So we thought, why not? We aren't going to go to bed yet. We may as well do something. Call us dumb, crazy, whatever. We started canning chicken when we got home Sunday evening from retreat. And we did... I got the canner going, and it's outside on our back porch on a propane burner, and so we were doing that. It's got to can for 90 minutes if you've never done it. It's a long time. You put some water in the bottom. You don't try to not turn it up too high so it doesn't boil all that water dry. Well, we had it turned up too high, and it boiled dry, which we've done before. Shut it off. Let it pressure down. Pull, pop the lid off. Set it over just a little bit. And I don't usually do this, usually my wife does it, but for some reason this time I was doing it and was going to add some water to it. And I didn't add hot enough water to the already hot jars. And uh, I wasn't near as careful as my wife usually is, and when that, when that water hit the jar of chicken, it exploded. And so I've been thinking of different things. You know, there's all kinds of comments you can make, but when the Lord brings something right up in your face, then maybe you should share about it. So that's where we're going to go this morning. So two weeks ago, I got burned. I had second-degree burns on my nose and on my cheek, and uh, it hurt for a little bit. It didn't hurt for very long. Within a couple of days, there was not much pain. It was very uncomfortable, and I didn't really want to go anywhere, and it's really interesting to me. I know that I've been in that spot before that I didn't really want to go anywhere because of what I look like. And I didn't want to scare anybody. You know, it was Halloween night that that happened, and I thought I could just go trick-or-treating because I had a costume almost. This was the night after it happened, but it was just really interesting to me. It was, it, it was burned at that point. That's disgusting. <laughs> but at that point, it didn't hurt at all. It didn't hurt at all. It looks like it should be painful, but it didn't hurt. And I, I just want to give God the glory for what he has done for me. Because he healed me. I know he can. And our bodies are amazing. God created us in an amazing way that, he, that can heal. And it did. It's been two weeks ago tonight. That's it. That's when I looked like that was about 10 days ago. God, we serve an absolutely amazing God. And I was just list, thinking about different things. And I, I want to read Psalm 139. It's 20-some verses. I'm just going to read all of it. And I'm just going to share a little bit about what God was teaching me through this because I don't understand why did that have to happen. And uh, then my wife says, well, I'm kind of glad it wasn't me that it happened to. <laughs> and I was too. But still, why do these things happen? I don't know why they happen. I don't know why they happen. But God is still good. God is still on the throne, and if I can't share that, if I can't speak that when something like that happens to me, because it's really easy to stand up here and say that, and it's totally something different to actually say that when you're going through something that seems 
like it could have been avoided. I know exactly what I did wrong, and I won't do that again. Hopefully, I have learned my lesson there, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a malfunction. It was an operator error, and I know exactly what I did, and I know exactly what happened. But still, why do we find ourselves in these situations? Psalm chapter 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my hearts. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I like to be with people. I'm a people person, but when I find myself looking like what I look like, I didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to stay home. We did end up having young marrieds on Tuesday night, and I was like, well, I'm going to be at my house anyways, so I guess that'll be okay. But it's just interesting that your perspective on life changes, or mine did. And I, wasn't, I guess I wasn't prepared for that. It's healed. It's better. And praise the Lord, I have new skin all over my face. And I got a little rub right there, but I think it's because the skin isn't quite as thick yet as what it needs to be. But God is amazing. We serve an absolutely amazing God. How often do we question certain things that happen in our lives? I do it all the time. Romans 8, I'm going to read some familiar verses. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Not everything is good in and of itself. But God uses everything for our ultimate good. God isn't necessarily working to make us happy, but he's working to fulfill his purpose. And so I don't want to miss, I just think that night, last uh, two weeks ago, we, we went to, we went into the ER to have it looked at because 
I, my whole, I was completely covered in chicken because we were canning chicken. And so I, I thought I had it on my face too, but I think it was some skin that was sloughing off. And so we went into the ER, and, and even at the ER, there was nobody in the waiting room. We walked right in. They took us right into a room and talking to the nurses and to the doctor that was there and just... I was kind of joking with them a little bit because I said something about, you know, if, I, if you find chicken anywhere, I'm just saving that for later. You need to make different comments while they're, while they're peeling dead skin off of my face. And the, the nurse, it was kind of funny because the nurse says, I kind of enjoy doing this, you know, peeling stuff off. And I said, well, good. I'm glad I could provide some entertainment for you this evening. But, you know... Everything, And what, what we tend to do is we get into ourselves into a circumstance like that or something like that happens and we know, we say, we believe that God is going to use it for good, but then do we really live that way? Do we really take every, do we take advantage of every opportunity that God provides us with? Because I would have not chosen to go to the ER that night just for fun. But we did, we went, it wasn't for fun, we went anyways. But I don't wanna miss an opportunity because in the middle of something, in the middle of a crisis that may happen or in the middle of a traumatic experience, God still wants to use it for our ultimate good. What is it? I don't know for sure what it is. But we know if you go a little bit farther in Romans eight, it says the question, it asks the question of who or what can separate us? Can anything separate us from the love of God? And this, what, this is what I really was feeling. I know, I know that God loves me, and I know that I'm a child of God, but you, you get something like this, and it's right on your, I mean, you can't hide. If you have a burn on your arm or something, you can cover it up, and nobody will ever know, but you can't really put a bag over your face. <laughs> I guess I could have, but I didn't. I didn't really want to. But you start to realize that just because something like that happens, it doesn't change who God is. Sometimes I don't like the circumstances that I'm in or that I find myself in. And I want to read Philippians again, another familiar verse, but Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was learning to be content with where I was because there was times about day three that the question comes, is this gonna look the same? Because right now I don't know how it's gonna look the same as it did before. And I appreciate Bruce's comment. He said I was going to have to rely on my, my charm <laughs> rather than my good looks. <laughs> and we have been eating that chicken, by the way. It's still pretty good. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we find ourselves in these situations? Are we still going to be content? Because it's really easy to be content when everything's going well. Life is smooth, life is going good. It's really easy to read this verse and say, yep, I, I agree with that, I believe that. I'm content with where I am. But then this happened to me, and I'm like, I think I'm still content. I'm learning to be content. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to go anywhere. I think I'll just stay home. First Thessalonians 5. This is the verse for the school this month. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 22. says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I don't always think I like verse number 18 very well when it says, in everything give thanks. How in the world are we supposed to give thanks in everything that we do? How can we? Is it possible to give thanks in everything we do? Yes, the answer is yes, it is possible. We may not feel like it, we may not want to, but again, we don't give thanks because of the circumstance we find ourselves in. We give thanks because of who we serve. That's why we can give thanks, regardless of what's happening in your life or in my life. And so when I feel like staying home because I would rather wear a bag than to go out into public, you know what, I can still give thanks because God hasn't changed. My perspective maybe has changed a little bit, but God has not changed. Can I or can we learn to be thankful in everything knowing that God is still present in every circumstance. Because regardless of where we find ourselves, God is still there. Whether we acknowledge that he's there or whether we recognize that he's there does not change the fact that he is. He is there with us. Regardless of what circumstances we find ourselves in, whether it's with a burned face or a broken arm or losing the jo your job, whatever it might be, you put yourself in whatever position you might find yourself, we can give thanks. We can be thank joyful. We can have hope. We can live confidently, and we can have the confidence that God is still with us. The reason that we can still have hope in all of these circumstances is because, again, God hasn't changed. God is still the same. I know because I've learned and studied and experienced before, I know that God is our healer, and I know that God is our provider, and I know that God is my strength and my refuge and my rock. But when something like this happens, then sometimes you just question just a little bit. I still know, in my mind, I know that God can heal, and he's created our bodies in a way that they do heal. But still, when you find yourselves in certain situations, you do tend to question that a little bit. It's not that you don't believe it still, but circumstances have changed to where you're gonna have to put what you believe into action. And I think that's what's hard sometimes, is to take what we believe, because we can come here and we can hear different testimonies, we can hear from the word, we can sing, we agree with the lyrics to the songs that we sing, and then we can leave here Sunday night and have something blow up in your face and burn you, but do we still believe? Are we, are we going to live out what we just said that we believe? The only reason that we can face the future and the unknown and the uncertain times is because of where our hope is and where our hope should be. And if your hope is not in Christ, then I would encourage you to place it there. We're gonna go up to Bailey's Boys Ranch this afternoon. 
and have a time of prayer and praise. And the message that's going to be portrayed is the message of salvation, very, very, very clearly. It will not be any hinting or beating around the bush. It will be, it will be portrayed very, very clearly. I'm excited about that because that's what we need. We need to know where our hope is. I know where my hope is, and you know where your hope is, but we have neighbors and we have people in our community that maybe don't know. Or maybe their hope is in the wrong thing. Because we can put our hope in a lot of things that this world might have to offer, and every single one of those is going to disappoint. It's never going to satisfy the way, that's never going to provide the hope that God can provide. It never will. What it comes down to is whether we have chosen to trust him or whether we have not chosen. If we wait until we find ourselves in circumstances like what I find my, found myself in to, to trust God, we need to make that decision before that happens. Don't wait. Don't wait until something like that happens. Don't wait until you find yourself in a hopeless situation to put your trust in God. That's a great time to do it as well. And if you haven't done it, I would encourage that at that time. But let's choose ahead of time that we're going to trust God regardless of what happens in our life, regardless of where we find ourselves. I will trust God. Jeremiah 1, and he's talking, God is talking to Jeremiah. And he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. <clears throat> this is what God was telling the prophet Jeremiah. But the same, might, is, the same is true for you and I. Because before we were formed, God knew who you were. And God has a plan for your life. Uh, as I was going through the last couple weeks, I also was reminded, and as I was studying about, you know, you read through the book of Job, and Job had a lot of terrible things happening to him. And you get towards the, the, last, the last three or four chapters, and God finally speaks up again after his friends have told him how terrible he was. And then God finally speaks up. And here's what God says. Um, Do you know anything about anything? Is essentially what he was saying. Where were you? Were you around when things were created? Are you, old? Are you so old that you remember when everything was created? And God says, you weren't even here. So how can we even pretend or think that we can understand God to that extent? We can't. We just choose that we're going to trust him. Job, do you trust God? Even with all of the things that he was going through, do you still trust God? We can keep going. We can continue moving forward. We can move past or through. And if you're going through something right now, I am sorry. We all have things that we have to go through and we struggle through. But, but where, where is our trust? And the reason that I can carry on, the reason that I know that I can keep going is because of what Christ has done. You see, just because I was burned and I looked totally different, than I usually did. Some people are trying to tell me it looks better now. I'm not sure how I should take that. But it didn't change who I was in God's eyes. And Galatians, where we're gonna go into, hopefully we'll get to that next week finally, but it goes into knowing that we were adopted into the family of Christ. 
Because whether I have my face burned or whether you've lost your job or whatever it might be in your life, it doesn't change the fact that we are still children of the King. He still loves us. He still cares for us. He still wants to communicate with us. Doesn't change. That doesn't change. I can carry on because of what Christ has done. I am a child of the King. I have been adopted into his family, and he knows my name. And he knows your name as well. And let's not forget, as we live life, let's not forget that God knows your name. He has a plan for you before you were even born. When we read in Jeremiah, he had a specific plan because he said, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That was specific to Jeremiah. But that's not saying that God doesn't have a plan for you as well because he knows who you are. He knew who you were before you were born. And he has a plan for your life. Physical ailments do not change who I am in the eyes of God. And that was what I was reminded of very strongly with not wanting to go anywhere, not really wanting to see anybody. And I know we sent pictures around because people were curious, and so I post them up here on the board. And that's okay, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, and the only reason that I'm okay with that is because I want to give honor and glory to where honor and glory is due. And so we could say, you know, we had stuff that I put on my face and we kept it all lathered up, but ulti- and I'm sure that helped, but ultimately it was God who did the healing. And I want there to be no mistake made about that, that it was God that does the healing. Yes, we do what we know to do. We do things to take care of ourselves and to, and to try to help, and God has given us the wisdom to be able to do that, but God is the one that does the healing. And so... My whole point and my whole hope this morning is that whatever it is in your life that you're going through, that you can remember that God loves you regardless of what it is. He will always love you. He still loves you. He's never going to leave you. You are a child of his. Whether you want to be or you don't, you're a child of his. So regardless of what's happening, who you are does not change in the eyes of God because God loves you. Stand up with me if you would. I want you to look as you go about your week. We're all going to go our different ways. And I want, you to, I want you to look at things that happen in your life. I don't believe in coincidence so much because I think God directs our steps and I think he leads us to things that we need. So I want you to look at your week and things that you do this week, things that happen in your life, and I want to look, I want you to look and be aware and pay attention for the opportunities that he's going to give you to share his love with people because they're there if we're willing to find them. Whether it takes something drastic or traumatic or whether it's just your everyday life, I want you to look for those opportunities to share the love of Christ with people. Father, thank you for your love this morning. I thank you, Lord, that Regardless of what happens in our lives, you still love us. And I just pray that you'd help us to grasp that, to understand more of what that is and what that means. And I just pray that you would bless us, Lord, as we go from here. Open our eyes to see opportunities to share your love. 
whether small or large. I just pray that you would guide us. I pray for our service this afternoon. I just pray that you'd be glorified through that and that people can come to know you. We love you this morning. We thank you for your healing. I just want to give you all the praise and glory for the healing of my face. I thank you so much for that. And I just pray that we, I can continue to use that to point people to you and help us to remember to point people to you. We love you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. If you want to greet somebody this morning, you can be dismissed.